You're listening to the sermon audio from Redemption Church. Redemption Church exists to exalt Christ, edify the saints, and evangelize the world for the glory of God. For more information on Redemption Church, just go to redemption.church. I think it was a couple weeks ago I concluded a sermon by reading our church covenant, Um, but we're going to read it together in just a second. Well, I'll read it for us and uh, familiarize yourself with it. So we walk through our church confession of faith. And again, we've been reading an article of it at a time on Sunday morning, and Chris did a great job of of leading that recitation this morning. Um, We're going to kind of continue to do that for the summer just because we want to make sure everybody knows what our confession of faith is and has experienced it. And it's just good to help us be trained in sound doctrine. But our church covenant uh, defines how we live together. And so uh, we're going to read this church covenant together as soon as everybody gets a copy. All right. So let me read it for us. The Redemption Church Covenant. Having, as we trust, been brought by divine grace to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to give up ourselves to him and having been baptized upon our profession of faith in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we do now, relying on his gracious aid, solemnly and joyfully renew our covenant with each other. We will work and pray for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We will walk together in brotherly love as becomes the members of a Christian church, exercise an affectionate care and watchfulness over each other, and faithfully admonish and entreat one another as occasion may require." We will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, nor neglect to pray for ourselves and others. We will endeavor to bring up such as may at any time be under our care in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and by a pure and loving example to seek the salvation of our family and friends. We will rejoice at each other's happiness and endeavor with tenderness and sympathy to bear each other's burdens and sorrows. We will seek divine aid to enable us to walk circumspectly and watchfully in the world, denying ungodliness and every worldly lust. We will work together for the continuance of a faithful evangelical ministry in this church as we sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. We will contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. We will endeavor by example and effort to win souls to Christ. We will, when we move from this place as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. So that's the Redemption Church Covenant. Again, a lot of these um, statements in here, we're going to go through them line by line or section by section in just a second. But there's a couple things every time I read it that jump out to me. One, how much of this we've already been talking about these last few weeks just in our sermons. And two, just how much of this language is literally just copy and pasted out of the Bible, right? We didn't write this church covenant. This is kind of a, a historic Baptist church covenant. In fact, we're not really sure exactly where it originated from. But, but again, it's a, it's a, a covenant that's 
historically Baptist, and that marks uh, the Baptist understanding of the church. And so we just think this is such a, a wonderful, beautiful document that describes our life together. So that, that's kind of that first question you see it there on the screen, is what is a church covenant? Well, again, a church covenant is what specifies the duties and responsibilities of those who enter into membership in a local church. And it's a joyous responsibility and a duty. It defines how we live together. So remember, the confession of faith defines what do we as a church believe. And then the covenant specifies how do we live together in light of that confession of faith, right? So, So again, it's a very practical document and a very personal document because it's describing how we live together. So as we think about what are the expectations of members for Redemption Church, we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. But, but all of that is going to be reflected in our church covenant. If you want to know what, what do we expect of, of members of Redemption Church, well, this is it. This is what we agree to live by and live towards as we live together in, uh, in covenant in a local church. So what is the role of the covenant? Um, well, or what role will the covenant serve, not service, uh, in redemption? So a couple things is that each new member uh, will sign the covenant, eat, indicating that they understand the responsibilities and the expectations of, ministry, uh, of membership and agree to be, be bound by them. So uh, again, so when those founding members first... Uh, uh, decide, hey, we're going to become members. They've met with the leadership team. Everything's good to go. Um, then each person individually will sign the, the Redemption Church covenant. Um, when we do officially covenant together, because again, right now we're not a church, right? We're, we're planting a church, but we haven't covenanted together yet. There are no members yet, right? But, but we're moving that direction. But the first night, the night of covenanting, uh, where we will f- officially become a church, um, the founding members will come up and we'll have a big copy of this and we'll all come up and sign uh, kind of ceremoniously almost uh, that, that we have covenanted together as Redemption Church. And then our plan is to take uh, the Lord's Supper for the first time together that night, uh, indicating the, the bond that we share in Christ and the unity we have as a, a newly formed covenant community in the local church. So again, every new member uh, from the founding members to future members will, will be required to sign this, indicating they agree and they understand what, what the covenant is, and again, that they agree to, to live according to it. Um, and then we just want to make the covenant a prominent part of our life together. Again, we just don't want this document to be forgotten about, but we want to, to bring it to your attention. And again, we're not entirely sure how that will happen yet. Um, I've got a couple ideas, but but it's a document that we'll, we'll read on occasion, that we'll pull out, that we're going to uh, encourage you to reference at times. It's a document, in other words, we want you and your children to be familiar with and to know, because um, so, it's going be an important part of our life together as as covenant members. So let's kind of walk through this covenant together. And again, a lot of this is self-explanatory, but but again, just kind of go a little bit deeper on what each part means, just to help you understand what those expectations are as outlined in the covenant. So as you look at that opening paragraph there that we just read, having as we trust been brought by divine grace, uh, there's a couple things that just jump out of this paragraph that are are important to note. It's kind of the preamble, so to speak, the introduction to the covenant. Um, But as you can see, the covenant clearly 
specifies a Baptistic understanding of the church. So again, it's clear that, that we have been brought together, of course, by God's grace and grace alone through Jesus Christ. And again, it marks clearly that the church is a, uh, a people that are marked by their confession that they have been born again of the Spirit of God, that we have confessed to Jesus Christ as Lord. So you can see our covenant, as well as our confession of faith, affirms in a believer's church, right? That the only ones who should be members of the local church are those who have repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and have give up ourselves to him. And that we've been baptized on the basis of that profession of faith, right? So baptism comes after saving faith, not before it, right? So this is, this is what the scriptures teach, we believe, and this is what uh, the, the, the proper order of entrance into the body. And so when we do all this, of course, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But another thing that's interesting to note about this preamble paragraph here is it establishes that we can't do this by ourselves, right? That these expectations of the covenant... Uh, we need God's grace to fulfill them, that we need divine aid, his gracious aid, and that we enter into this covenant not out of some sort of begrudging, oh, I've got to sign this document if I want to be a member here, might as well sign it. No, we do it solemnly, meaning that we, we take it with great seriousness, right? We don't sign this flippantly or, or read it flippantly or agree to it flippantly. So we do it with great seriousness, but we also do it with great joy, that it's our delight to enter into a covenant with the the, the people of Redemption Church together. So it's serious, but yet joyful and sweet as we come together and covenant with one another. So, So that's an important opening paragraph that establishes who the members of the church are. We're those who have been saved by God's grace, that we've repented and believed in Jesus Christ, and that we've been baptized upon his name in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, And so we come together with God's help and gracious aid to live together, and we do so with seriousness and joy. That's what that opening statement is all about. So again, here's a good little quote from a a guy named Jonathan Lehman. He wrote a little book called Church Membership. Greed, I think you got that book, didn't you? I think you did. Uh, But here's a good definition of church membership, right? Church membership is a formal relationship between a church and a Christian characterized by the church's affirmation and oversight of a Christian's discipleship and the Christian's submission to living out his or her discipleship in the care of the church. So again, that's what this covenant is trying to get to is that this is, this is the nature of the, of the life together in Redemption Church. So another scripture passage here, this is 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 14 through 20. Um, again, this is a passage we reread a few weeks ago, right? So it's familiar. For the body does not consist of one member, uh, consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts yet one body. So that's that's what this covenant is trying to encapsulate is the diversity, but yet the oneness that we share as we live our life together in light of our confession of faith and as we live in accordance to our covenant together. So let's look at that next line, right? You see it right there in front of you. We will work and pray for the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And again, I don't think there's a better verse to talk about this point than Ephesians chapter 4. 
um, that I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, that's the Apostle Paul, right? Urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. A beautiful verse that's easy to read but hard to live, right? And so but this is what we want to do together. And that's what that statement is talking about, that we want to be united as a people and that each member has the responsibility of working towards the church's unity. Like, there shouldn't be anyone stirring up division or hostility within Christ's body, but rather everyone should be seeking to preserve the unity and keep the peace among its members, right? So this is, this is something we should all be working towards, and unity is something that's hard won but easily lost, Right. So, again, unity takes time and patience and clarity and lots of conversations, lots of teaching to establish what the church is united around. But just a few nasty conversations can just derail the whole thing. And so, again, we want to be intentional, understanding that it's not just the pastor. It's not just the leadership team. It's not just uh, just the leaders of the church that are responsible for preserving the unity. Every member has a responsibility of working and praying for the unity of Redemption Church so that we might be one in Christ as we are and that there might be a sweet peace about the community of Redemption Church. Let's look at that next statement. We will walk together in brotherly love as becomes the members of a Christian church exercise an affectionate care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully admonish and entreat one another as occasion may require. So here's a couple couple verses that show you where this is coming from. Uh, first is Hebrews 13 verse 17. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch. There's that word, right? Watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Then Galatians 6.1, which is uh, what we read uh, before we started tonight. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And so again, in Galatians 6.1 here, you see this idea that Again, I'm being watchful over others, and I'm being watched myself, right? And watching over myself as an an individual believer. So again, this idea that as we're walking together in Christ, in brotherly love, we want to do so in a way that we're watching over each other, caring for one another. Again, a lot of what we've been talking about the last few weeks in our Sunday morning messages. So Colossians 3.16 is another example. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, teaching, and there's that word, right? Admonishing. Well, this is at a weird angle. Uh, admonishing one another and all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. There's that word admonishment, right? To faithfully admonish and entreat one another as occasion may require. This is a lot like what we talked about this morning when we talked about that idea of formative discipline versus corrective discipline, right? That's that's exactly what this statement here is saying, that, that we're going to, to faithfully admonish and and treat one another depending on what the occasion requires. So we want to encourage one another to follow Christ, admonish one another, form one another with the word of God. And then when one another goes astray, we want to encourage and correct and, uh, and admonish. So we want to be a part of, of all those things. It's part of our life together. Uh, next statement here. 
We will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, nor neglect to pray for ourselves and others. And here's two scripture passages. Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day being the day, the day of the Lord, right? The eschaton, when Jesus will come back, when you see the day drawing near. So again, Hebrews 10, clear commandment that the church should be regularly assembling together. We talked about that a few weeks ago too, right? Uh, And then Hebrews 13, pray for us. This is uh, the author of Hebrews writing, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. There are many other scriptures I could have given for this, but this idea that the churches ought to be praying for one another. We pray for each other. We pray for what's going on in our lives. We pray for our circumstances. We pray for the gospel to be advanced. It's part of our life together is we assemble and we pray for one another. And that's what that statement there encapsulates. Uh, Next, we will endeavor to bring up such as may at any time be under our care in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and by a pure and loving example to seek the salvation of our family and friends. So a a clear statement here and stating our responsibility, particularly uh, those of us who are adults and particularly those of us who are parents, right, to to bring up those under our care, under the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And again, the statement's intentionally vague by not explicitly mentioning children because there might be lots of people under your care at any given moment, right? You might be fostering children. You might uh, be uh, adopting children. You might have an elderly mother, an elderly father living with you as you care for them, right? Anybody that's under your care, You've got a responsibility to love them and to admonish them in the word of the Lord and to seek the salvation of your family and friends. That's what we have a responsibility to do. So again, Ephesians 6, 4, right? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And this is where we get the language from, right? But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, right? Um, so this is, this is an important part of our life together is that by a member, you're committing to, to keep your home a godly home, to keep your home focused on Christ particularly for for the fathers, the head of households, right, whoever you might be, that you've got a responsibility to love and care for your wife, for your children, to make sure you're instructing them and building them up in Christ, uh, that you're leading in family worship. And again, that's something particularly for our parents, moms and dads, we want to try to figure out some ways to resource you and equip you to be able to faithfully live out this part of our covenant, right? Because a lot of that's just unfamiliar or you just haven't seen it in action. How do I do this in my household? Well, we're going to try to teach you and show you, and we've got some ways to encourage you towards that. But we want to make sure that we are caring for those under our care and bringing the gospel to bear on their lives and, and trying to lead them to salvation in Christ Jesus. It's part of our life together, part of our responsibilities. Next, it says, we will rejoice at each other's happiness and endeavor with tenderness and sympathy to bear each other's burdens and sorrows. Again, pretty straightforward, but sweet, isn't it? That, that again, we uh, rejoice when each other's happy, when there's wonderful things that are worthy of praising the Lord for, but we also come alongside each other in those hard times in life when it's difficult, and we share those burdens. We weep with those who are weeping. We care for them, love them, and encourage them, and struggle alongside of them. 
couple scripture references, right? Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians 6, 2. And then Peter, uh, 1 Peter 3, 8, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. So uh, again, this idea of brotherly love, of caring for one another, that's an important part of our life together as a church, is knowing what's going on in each other's lives and being there to support and help and encourage in any way. And again, that's part of the sweetness of life together, that when there's a member that's uh, sick, that's got cancer, that's got some disease, that the church is quick to rally around and support and minister in any way, that we weep with them, that we cry with them. Um, And the same thing when wonderfully happy things are going on, when a new child is welcomed into the family, right? That we're there to to love and to support and encourage and to maybe provide a meal, right? We're, We're living life together and we're living in such a way that we're We're caring for one another's burdens and rejoicing with one another. Um, Next, we see that we will seek divine aid to enable us to walk circumspectly and watchfully in the world, denying ungodliness and every worldly lust. Simply put, this is a, a, a statement that clarifies that we commit to living a holy life, right? That we commit to walking in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, a way that is above reproach before the watching world, and that we deny ungodliness and we put to death the lusts of our flesh. Titus 2, I think, encapsulates this pretty well. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. So this is the idea that we, as, uh, as members of Redemption Church, commit ourselves to living in a way that pleases Jesus, that we turn from sins, we turn from fleshly desires, we, we turn away from ungodliness, and we walk in a way that is worthy of Christ before the world that is watching us and how we live. Next, we see that we will work together for the continuance of a faithful evangelical ministry in this church as we sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. In other words, and let's read the next one too because they kind of go together. Uh, We will contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. In other words, this is stating that we must be serving in the church and financially supporting the church. That as members, this is what we commit ourselves to. At Redemption Church, we will never expect someone who's not a member to give. It's one of the reasons why we're not passing an offering plate around, right? Because we don't expect visitors to give. That's not their responsibility to support the church. They're to hear the gospel, and we share the gospel with them. But it's the responsibility of the membership of the church to support the church, both through their time and serving, and through giving, through through financial generosity. So, uh, again, we've been incredibly encouraged by the many of you who are already being very faithful in the financial support of Redemption Church before we even are officially a church, and we're grateful for that. But we want every member to understand uh, that they're that being a member is not being a bench warmer, right? That you are in the game, so to speak. You're active, you're participating, you're serving, right? That you're giving, that you've got some skin in the game, so to speak, right? That, that again, every member should be engaged in this way. That if you're going to be a member of Redemption Church, we're going to expect you to be serving in some capacity. And if you're going to be a member of Redemption Church, we're going to expect you to give. Now, we're not going to go around and check, right? But, but we're going to have that expectation that, hey, the members are the ones that support financially 
essentially the ministry of the church. If anybody else wants to give, go for it. But for our members, we have that quite clear expectation. So service and giving that, again, you're active, you're involved, you're participating, you're contributing to the life of the church. There are no leech church members, right? That everybody is giving and contributing to the needs of the body so that the whole body might be be built up. You know, it's common in, in organizations of the 80-20 principle. Have you guys ever heard that before, right? 20% of the people do 80% of the work and 80% of the people do 20% of the work is kind of how the ratio goes. And that's uh, kind of been a common ratio that's thrown out there. Who knows how much of that's true or not. But I do think just observingly, that tends to be what happened, right? Is that 20% of the people do the lion's share of the activity. But that's not the way it should be. Every member should be contributing to the body of Christ, building up the church, be participating in some way. And so again, we want to try to in, in find ways for every member of Redemption Church to be serving in whatever their gifting is for the building up of the body. So a lot of you are already doing that, right? And so we rejoice at that, that there are so many volunteers that are already involved with setup teams, with getting things ready, with working in the sound booth, setting up coffee, serving in the children's areas. I mean, there's a lot of encouraging things happening. But as the church grows and expands, we want everybody to be engaged in some sort of ministry. So if you're not sure where that is for you yet at redemption it's okay it's still kind of early we're still trying to figuring out what we need <laughs> right now but but come talk to me or talk to someone on the leadership team and say hey i want to help i want to serve how can i best be used right now or where do you think i would be a good fit and we'd love to begin to have that conversation with you to get you involved in serving in some way um, next we see the call to evangelism right we will endeavor by example and effort to win souls to Christ. Put simply, we commit to sharing the gospel with people, and we commit to trying to win people for the kingdom of God, right? Sharing the gospel faithfully um, and, and praying that the Lord will, will draw men and women unto himself. And again, this is simple, right? This is Paul's command to Timothy. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry. And of course, that's a specific command given to Timothy, but I think that applies to all of us, right? That each and every one of us should be an evangelist, sharing the gospel with those who don't know Christ. And of course, the Great Commission, like if we don't want to take Paul's word for it, let's take Jesus's word, right? And here, Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So again, this is a call, not just upon the original apostles, but it's, this is the call for every Christian. Everyone who's a follower of Christ should be sharing the gospel and making new followers of Christ. It's what the Great Commission calls us to do. And so this clearly states that one of the expectations of membership is that we will all commit to sharing the gospel with people who need to hear it. Um, and then this next statement is also very important, right? Look at what it says. We will, when we move from this place as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. In other words, this is stating that as part of a member, I agree that when I leave this place, when I move, when I relocate, right, when I can no longer physically come here anymore because I live in a different area, that I will find another church of like-mindedness and of confession, and I will transfer my membership to them, right? So this is an important part of membership is that, uh, again, if you're not in any way 
um, living in the same area as your local church, it's difficult for you to be able to be active in the community, and particularly if you move like across the country or something. So, so again, one of the th- expectations will be is that if the Lord moves you to do work or to do something else and those things happen and you follow the Lord in them, um, we're going to expect you to find a church in that area as soon as possible, and we're going to encourage you to move your membership there uh, as soon as possible and when the Lord tells you it's, it's ready. So, so again, we don't want to have these... Uh, uh, these inactive members that have been on the rolls for decades, and we don't even know where they live anymore, right? That's, that's one, a shepherding problem. But, but two, we want to be intentional, even as the church's elders, of when you do move, we're going to be calling you and checking in on you and say, all right, have you found a church yet? Um, one of the most encouraging things I've done as a pastor, and again, it's not encouraging because you hate to see people leave or move to another place, but just to help those people find churches in those areas, you know, to go online and say, why don't you check out this church or check out this church or check out this church? and to help kind of shepherd them into a new body of believers. That's an important part of the church's ministry, right? And so, uh, again, as a member, you understand you have that responsibility. And two, we as a church have a responsibility of helping you find a good church in that area if you can't find one. So, and then finally, uh, just the conclusion here, uh, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all amen. So let me try to summarize the covenant, all right? So um, I think if you had to summarize what is the expectations of this covenant, I think this would be it, all right? This is just kind of a, a summary of each one of these statements. One, strive for unity. Two, watch and care for each other. Three, lead a Christian home. Four, bear each other's burdens. Five, pursue holiness. Six, serve in the church. Uh, seven, give to the church. Eight, evangelize the lost. And nine, move your membership when you move. All right, that's really the, the covenant in a nutshell. And so you can maybe jot those down or maybe just kind of write it next to each one of those. But that, I think that's just kind of a quick uh, bullet point summary of what each one of these points is trying to articulate and communicate. And so these will be the expectations of the founding members of Redemption Church, of course, but for anyone who becomes a member of the church, is that every member is doing all of these things, right? Not just one or two of them, but that we're all committing to live in this way. We're all striving for unity. We're all watching out for each other. We're all leading Christian homes. We're all bearing one another's burdens. We're all pursuing holiness, right? We're all serving. We're all giving. We're all evangelizing, right? And that if the Lord ever calls us elsewhere, we will move our membership where we can do all of these things and a church in our area, right? So um, that's our church covenant. And uh, again, I think it's a simple and beautiful document. And we got a couple minutes. So does anybody have any questions about our church covenant or just maybe just a comment you'd like to share? All right. Well, good. I must have explained it pretty well then. Glad to hear that. Um, I'll put this up on Slack for anybody who wants to go and download it tomorrow and maybe print it out or reference it. Um, but, but I hope this was encouraging to you tonight. The next couple weeks, uh, we're going to be spending talking through our mission statement and core values on Sunday night. So those will be very important Sunday nights for you to come to. And so we're excited to share that with you, uh, kind of what our mission statement will be, our purpose statement as a church, and then talk about some core values that we hope will define Uh, who Redemption Church will be. Uh, And if you get access to the website by the end of the week, you can actually go online and look at them. But but we'll talk about those and introduce them next Sunday night. So pray you'll come back for that. I know it's Memorial Day weekend next weekend, isn't it? 
Maybe we're not meeting next Sunday night. Yeah, we're not. We're not meeting. So the following, sun, the following Sunday night, so the first Sunday night in June, we'll introduce our mission statement and core values. So, um, so thank you all for being here this evening. And don't forget, we need to clean up afterwards. So we could use everyone's help for that as much as possible. And with that, let me close out in prayer, and then we'll, we'll start packing up for the evening. Father, we are thankful for what you are doing in Redemption Church. We're thankful for the bond of unity and fellowship that, are, that is already being formed over these last several weeks. Lord, we are encouraged. And Lord, we pray that, Lord, as many of us are still praying and thinking through whether we can live according to this covenant, whether we can become a founding member of Redemption Church. Father, again, we pray that you would make that explicit and clear to us all. But Father, we pray that as we prepare to covenant, Lord, that you would help each and one of us by, by your gracious aid, to live according to these expectations and responsibilities. Lord, we know that sometimes we will fail, sometimes we won't hit the mark, but Lord, we pray that each and every one of us would aspire to live in the sweetness of Christian community described by our church covenant. Father, we pray that you would help Redemption Church to have a solid membership that loves and cares for one another in Christ. And Lord, that you would help mobilize us for mission in this city and around the world so that people can hear about Christ and respond in repentance and faith. Lord, we thank you for a wonderful day of worship, a wonderful day of being together for your glory. And Father, we pray that as we go about this week that you would be with us, help us to live faithfully in accordance to your word and to live out your word as we share the gospel with those around us. And Father, we pray that you would bring us back next Sunday morning for worship. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.